The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of the Winning Ponies radio show. I'm John Engelhart, and with us tonight, two very interesting and different guests. Our first guest is going to be Dr. Barbara Murphy. She's from Ireland, uh, where uh, she uh, graduated from the University College in Dublin, and uh, she also got her B.S. in equine science from the University of Limerick Island, and then came over and studied at the Gluck Equine Research Center at the University of Kentucky, where she graduated in 2007. And uh, Dr. Murphy has come up with a very uh, interesting uh, invention called Equaloom, and we're going to try to tell you a little bit about that. So school's not out. Winter break hasn't happened yet. Uh, We're going to teach you a little bit about uh, breeding, uh, the reproduction cycle of horses, and what this new invention is doing, not only to help reproduction, but also, as I found out from talking with her earlier today, in uh, helping horses who ship as you know, we're doing a lot of that now in the races at Dubai and the horses from Europe that come over for the Breeders' Cup, and it kind of reduces the, the stress level of the horses uh, in these situations. So looking forward to talking to uh, Barbara Murphy here in about uh, 15 minutes. And then at the bottom of the hour, as you know, we like to highlight tracks when they have uh, specifically big days, and it's Louisiana Championship Day down in the fairgrounds on Chantilly Boulevard down there. And with us will be none other than the voice, John G. Dooley will be talking to us. As you know, John is also one of the handicappers you see before each show at the fairgrounds. Of course, these horses are Louisiana bred, and the fairgrounds does card a lot of Louisiana bred horses. So he's going to have a pretty good line on these horses, and I'm sure that there's going to be a multiple bets throughout the afternoon. There's a slew of Louisiana Championship Day races. So uh, we'll be leaning on my longtime friend, John G. Dooley, for some winners. Hope you tune in for some, some winners uh, on the winning pony sheets this week. Uh, early on in the week at Gulfstream last Sunday, uh, hit a $807 super. Uh, same on Sunday was a, was a big one at Hollywood, and uh, it was a $1,900 superfecta in the fifth race. Well, here's some good news. Look out older division, because it looks like we'll take charge who, of course, uh, won the grade one Traverse Stakes and had that uh, thrilling near miss in the Breeders' Cup and then came back and won the Clark Handicap in thrilling fashion 
over older horses. It looks like his owner, Willis Horton, has said that he will race as a four-year-old. Now, from uh, everything I've been able to read, um, they have uh, shipped uh, Lucas's stable over to Oaklawn, and, uh, you know, Willis Horton's never had a horse like this before, and he just likes running them, but he's had a lot of offers for breeding, and different farmers wanting to do that, and, of course, some farmers would rather the horse not race again for fear of something happening or him tarnishing his reputation, but it looks like it's going to happen. It looks like he's going to sell part interest and will take charge to a breeding farm that did agree to racing the colt in 2014. Uh, the end objective, uh, both uh, Lucas and Horton say, is getting back to that $5 million Breeders' Cup Classic at Santa Anita. Again, he lost that race by a nose to Mucho Macho Man. Mucho Macho Man, too, staying in training, so this could be a good handicap division. So he is settled down in Hot Springs, and um, it looks like uh, they're going to... Uh, possibly go to the Dubai Handicap, but since then I've been looking up some other quotes and it looks like they're leaning more towards the Santa Anita Handicap because of what Dubai does seem to take out of a horse, will take charge, could have a prep race at Oaklawn, and now I'm hearing that they're pointing to the Don Handicap, <laughs> excuse me, a little cough there, at Gulfstream Park. So uh, the uh, the story changes day to day, but uh, it looks like now, just in the last few hours, uh, that it's very, very close to uh, having a partial sale of Will Take Charge. And Lucas has announced that he will definitely race next year. As a matter of fact, D. Wayne's kind of sitting back and looking at the, the, the horses that have been around this year and says, you know, uh, I know he's got three-year-old locked up, but he's got to hope that maybe the media takes a look at him and horse of the year. Uh, he'd probably be lining up at, at the wire there with Wise Dan. Uh, like he said, we took everybody on at their racetrack on their terms in their arena. And I know some people are planning to vote for him for horse of the year. Well, a horse that we've been keeping up with is the six-time grade group one winner, St. Nicholas Abbey, uh, who continues to battle from complications from a fractured right foreleg. And it looks like the news is getting better. It seems that he is uh, progressing well. It uh, would be great if they could save him for study. He, he was unplaced in only three of his 21 career starts. Nine wins, two seconds, one over seven millions. And you may remember down at Churchill, he won the Emirates Airline Breeders' Cup turf. Uh, across the pond, he won the Diamond Jubilee Coronation Cup three times. And he was one of those horses that was able to ship to Dubai and win. Uh, he won the uh, Shima Classic over in Dubai. Well, owners of three-year-olds will be happy to hear this. The Preakness Purse was raised to $1.5 million from $1 million. It has been announced by the Maryland Jockey Club. Now, this is the first increase for the Preakness since it went from a half a million to a million back in 1998. Uh, the purse for the Derby was raised to $2 million in 2005. Well, the Belmont stays at $1 million, although Naira has not released their stakes schedule yet, so who knows, maybe that could get a little bump. Preakness will be May 17th at Pimlico this year. And when it started out back in 1873, it carried a value of $1,000. All right, well, uh, one horse staying in training, another one deserves to be retired. Three-time grade one winner flat out, 
has been retired. Now, remember, he raced all last year as a six-year-old, and he was already a multi-millionaire. The now seven-year-old son of Flatter, as you recall, he just recently won the Cigar Mile. Uh, He trained now by Bill Mott, Junior Alvarado, in, in the saddle, and he wraps up his career with a record of 9, 5, and 5 from 29 starts for earnings of 3.6 plus million. <laughs> In addition to the Cigar Mile, he took back-to-back editions of the Jockey Club Gold Cup stakes. Quite a horse, quite a career. Uh, son of Flatter, you know that he's got a good pedigree. Uh, they're not sure right now. They, they got lucky with this horse. He was an $11,000 weanling purchase. And uh, early in his career, he was trained by Scooter Dickey, won the Smarty Jones stakes and had to take a break, and eventually landed in the barn of Bill Mott. So they're still waiting to announce uh, what farm he will be going to. Right now, he's at Peterson Stable, just kind of being let down. Well, big race that will be coming up this weekend is the 750000 Cash Call Futurity, uh, the favorite, probably will be shared belief. He's only raced twice, but he was so impressive in both races that he will probably get the nod by the odds makers. Uh, this mile in the 16th race for 750000 will be his first start around two turns. But if he handled that like he handled the Hollywood preview field, he should go into the winner as one of the leading prospects as one of the top three-year-olds for next year. Now, uh, as you know, uh, we're going to have uh, Jay Hovday on next week to talk about the closing of Hollywood Park, and the Cash Call Futurity will be the final grade one race ever run at Hollywood Park, and it is worth 10 points to the winner for eligibility to the 2014 Kentucky Derby. And who knows, if he runs a big race, there's no been huge standout in the two-year-old male division, uh, he could get some Eclipse Award ballots. Uh, he, um, he's going to have some company uh, there, though. Uh, Hollendorfer has, has another horse in, in, the, in the field, and uh, I believe Bob Baffert has got a, a nice one, too. Uh, Hollendorfer's other horse is Tamarando, who won the grade one Delmar Futurity, and uh, the horse... Uh, bond holder uh, will uh, be taking him on. He beat Tamarando in the grade one front runner at Santa Anita. It's interesting, too, a couple of those horses, the two-year-olds that ran in the Breeders' Cup, will be returning to run in this race. And, as you recall, they could not race on Lasix as two-year-olds in the Breeders' Cup, so they will be getting their Lasix back. Take a look at some of last week's races. Uh, Broken Sword, uh, who took advantage of uh, the trouble that Even Money favorite 50 Shades of Hay had on the first turn, led every call <coughs> to upset $150,000 buy a COA handicap at Hollywood Park. And uh, so it was her first uh, stake against graded company, went off at 7-1 to one and went from flag fall to that's all. Uh, train Hollendorfer uh, and his partners have been keeping firm hold on the Bioco in recent years. They won last year's renewal with Lady of 50 and in 2010 with Washington Bridge. What a trainer, Jerry Hollendorfer, deservedly in the Hall of Fame. Take a look at some other race results from last week. 
Again, 50 Shades of Hay almost stumbled on the first turn. Got to throw that one out. I want to thank uh, Bobby Newman for being with us last week. As you know, a lot of the big races last week were run at Calder. Bobby was with us. And a horse that I liked a lot was Kasaba, who was successful in the Fred Hooper. And as a matter of fact, he won the race last year, uh, grade three race. Uh, he went off the uh, almost even money favorite. He was a son of Kitten's Joy, and we know how those horses can run. Jackie Louis Sayez was in the saddle. Uh, Kasaba is trained by Phil Leaves. So uh, he was one of our picks, and we got home. Thank you, Bobby Newman. And then <clears throat> upset in the My Charmer, uh, it was Valiant Girl, uh, stayed along the hedge the whole way. 42 to 1, upset the field in the $100,000 My Charmer Stakes at Calder. Not too many people expecting that one, that is for sure. So she took that one down. Also, let's see, Bobby and I uh, uh, looked at uh, some other races on the card. They had uh, several graded stakes races. And as I scroll down my notes here, uh, we'll see that... uh, 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 my Charmer was the, the biggest upset of the afternoon. Well, that pretty much uh, rounds out things from from uh, last week. I'm looking forward to our conversation now with uh, Barbara Murphy, uh, the inventor of Equilum. So, like I said, school's not out for winter break yet. We're going to be back with Dr. Barbara Murphy. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Passing out hundred dollar bills and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Buck goes O'Neill. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. Left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America. 
America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and, and with me now is Dr. Barbara Murphy. I was kind of going around the Internet one day, and uh, I hit this website uh, called Equilome and started searching on it, and it really struck me as something that is just truly amazing uh, in this day and age at, at how it can really help uh, breeders and, as I'll find out later in the interview, uh, horses in racing. Uh, uh, Dr. Murphy, uh Graduated from the University of Limerick in, in Ireland uh, with a Ph.D. in veterinary science. And then uh, joined us in the bluegrass at the Gluck Equine Research Center at the University of Kentucky. Uh, she has a graduate diploma in teaching and learning that ought to help our audience uh, th- this evening. She also worked uh, with uh, the uh, America's Division of Coolmore and uh, Darley over in Ireland. And uh, she's done a lot of research in uh, chronobiology and other areas of equine uh, reproduction, of which I probably won't even attempt to announce. But uh, she, she's going to kind of walk us along and, and tell us exactly what it is uh, that, that she does. Uh, it, it, she, it, she, this company is a world leader in the research and development of light therapy solutions to assist the global horse industry in maximizing the reproductive efficiency and performance. And that's all the talking I'm going to do for a while. Barbara Murphy, welcome to Winning Ponies. Thank you very much, John. It's, I'm very excited to have the chance to chat with you. Well, uh, you, your invention, if I can call it that, is very exciting, but I want to take our listeners back. I don't want to talk over anybody's head, and I want to talk about kind of the, the reproductive system of a horse, um, the, the fact that, uh, you know, how long is the gestation period of a horse, and what are the advantages of breeders having a full born early in the year. Let's start there. Okay. Well, the normal pregnancy length for a horse is about 11 months and 10 days. And horses have been designed to have their foals during the long summer days of June, July, and August. So evolutionarily, it was such that foals were born when they had their chances for survival were maximized when the grass was green and the days were sunny and it was the best climate to, to survive. But unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on where where you look at it, um, someone once decided that there'd be a universal birth date for a lot of horse breeds, thoroughbreds, standard breds in particular, of the 1st of January in in the Northern Hemisphere. And what this means is if you have um, a two-year-old racehorse and it's born in January and you have a two-year-old racehorse that was born in June, there's actually six months dividing their ages. So ideally, in order to have a mature horse on the track, you need to have a horse born generally early in the year, January, February, March. 
so this is why um, we decided the official start of the breeding season for horses in the, in the thoroughbred industry is February 15th. So normally mares are not reproductively active at this time of year. It's when they're usually, they have an off season. So they, they have reproductive cycles during as the days get longer in the spring. And most mares will shut down and stop cycling from November onwards. So, so to break we, this down for, for our listeners, Mother Nature would prefer you to have your, your foal in warm weather. But because the jockey club or whoever has granted that all horses' birthdays are January 1st, so mm-hmm. uh, whether or not you were born in January or June, the following January 1st, you're considered a yearling. The following exactly. January 1st, you're considered a two-year-old. And what this equates to uh, for our listeners is, let's say horses that get to the Kentucky Derby, you might have a kid in high school competing against a freshman in college or because of how much a horse can grow and develop in, in a matter of, of four months. Is, is that putting it in a good frame? Yes, it is indeed. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and we've known that light is very important to stimulate the mare to start becoming reproductively active. And since the early 1950s, um, people realized that if you leave your, your barren and maiden mares, so you get your, your mares off the track, they, they turn in to start their stud career and have foals. And if you leave the lights on in the stable, um, about starting around December 1st, leave the lights on until 11 o'clock at night, it fools the mare into thinking it's spring. Gives them a now, would long... that be a regular light, or do they have some kind of, of, of special ray that would uh, make it you know, more like until, sunlight? Until I started, or we started doing the studies, the, what people were advised to do was to provide the horse with enough light to read a newspaper in a stable. So it wasn't okay. very scientific. It was enough light to read a newspaper. So generally, a 200-watt light bulb in a 12-foot by 12-foot stall was sufficient. And if you, this light therapy, you need to continue it for 8 to 12 weeks so that she'll, she's cycling in February. And it really adds up to about the mares being inside at night for nearly 100 days. It's quite a long period of time. And if you have a large farm with a lot of horses, it gets quite expensive to leave them in, all out, being inside, being mucked out every morning with bedding and feeding and labor. Um, it runs up to about two to $2,500 per mare per season. So this was, it was always of interest to me because it's, the light basically is just having an influence on the mare's physiology and it, it triggers hormones that are important for the breeding season. Um, now, I, I would uh, tell our, our listeners that, that, that they really need to go to E-Q-U-I-L-U-M-E uh, to your website to really get uh, background on this and, and the vision. Now, uh, what, what I'm looking at is a, a, a mare with a cupped blinker, and it appears that the light is just kind of beaming in her eye, even though she's outdoors. Uh, can yes. you tell me how you came up with this concept and how it works? Well, Equilum is basically precision blue light therapy for a horse, but it's a mobile headpiece. 
So we wanted to find out how much light was enough, and we did countless studies at the University College Dublin and found that blue light, given in quite low intensity and given to only one eye, had the same effect as leaving a mare inside in the stable with the lights on over her. And when we found that one eye was enough... This was when the realization was, wow, we could actually just provide this using LEDs on a headpiece and she could be outside. And many people probably realize that horses evolved to live outside in groups and they're very happy doing this and healthier. So we tested it on large studs in Kentucky, in County Kildare in Ireland, and also in Japan where the climate is quite severe because this device has got to withstand a horse in a field for five months, up to five months, and found that it had, there was no difference in um, the ability of the blue light to adv- literally advance the breeding season of the mare compared to leaving her in the stable under lights, that it's quite effective. And blue light is just, um, it's similar to the light we see at dawn and dusk, and it stimulates stimulates some receptors in the eye that that control hormones that the mare needs to start becoming reproductively active. Well, you told me something this afternoon that I I think our listeners will find very interesting. Uh, As you know, uh, there's uh, been a term called the the Dubai bounce uh, where uh, horses from North America that go over to Dubai, often some of our best horses uh, in North America, either perform... Uh, poorly, or it seems to take them months to recuperate when they come back. And then, of course, with the Breeders' Cup being in California, uh, we've got to ask your horses from Ireland and England and uh, places across the pond uh, to ship over. And I believe what you told me is that you can actually use the light mask to make horses feel like they're on their regular schedule. Am I in the ballpark? Yeah, pretty close to it. So my original, when I was at the University of Kentucky, when I was doing my PhD, my one my project was to try and discover the, the causes of jet lag and how jet lag might affect horses in training. Because we travel them across time zones all the time, and just like human athletes, they are also going to be affected by these rapid changes in the environmental light. And we know that with human athletes, that if you change your lighting schedule gradually to start to um, mimic the lighting that you'll get at your destination, it mitigates or prevents the effect of jet lag. It resynchronizes your your body clock, basically. So we're in the process of um, designing custom lighting regimes with the light mask, depending on whether you're flying to the to the west coast, whether you're flying to Dubai, whether the Irish horses are coming to compete for the Breeders' Cup, by gradually changing the lighting by, by maybe only 20 minutes a day, so that their body becomes accustomed to the new time zone. And if you do this, you have a much better chance of avoiding that kind of lag in performance when they when they get to the destination. A rule of thumb with human athletes is that, and I think they've studied this in lots of other species as well, is that it takes about three days 
to recover from a one-hour change in the light-dark cycle. It's kind of like what happens when daylight savings comes in. Most people will wake up an hour earlier for a couple of days right. because you're, you're shifting your, your cycle, basically, and you will keep anticipating that old cycle. So imagine what that is like when you go six hours or eight hours away. It's, it's quite an abrupt shock to the body. So we're working on that, and hopefully, hopefully we'll have customized programs available in, in the years to come. But right now, what we're using the, the blue light masks, the Equilume light masks for, is to advance the breeding season for our maiden mares and for our, our barren mares. But also, you mentioned at the start, um, gestation length or pregnancy. So the normal pregnancy in the mare is 335 days. But if you look at the average from the jockey club of the pregnancy lengths in thoroughbred mares, the average is about 345 days or 10 days longer. And really what's important to breeders and what is a big problem for breeders is about 20% of all mares go almost to 12 months. Or longer, so they're hanging. They're waiting for these foals to be born. They're passing their due dates, and it's costing them potentially the ability for that mare to produce a foal in the following year. Because each year her foal is born a little later in the year until she has to be rested and brought back in again early. So what we have found is if you provide the lighting to the pregnant mare that she would receive if she was foaling in the summer, so you give her the lights from the 1st of December, we've seen a reduction of almost two weeks in their pregnancy length, which is really exciting because it's such a simple, it's just giving them back the environmental signal they would normally receive by putting this mask on. They can be outside, moving around, which is good for, particularly good for pregnant mares to keep them exercised right. and then bring them in a couple of weeks before they foal and um, it saves a considerable amount of money for breeders so they don't have to have them in the stables every night. Well, Barbara, listen, I, uh, my producer is telling me I've got to I'll bring this to a close. One last question. You know, uh, a lot of people, uh, particularly in Kentucky, are kind of uh, set in their ways and feel yeah, like, I've you know, we've been doing that. this for 150 years and that's the way we're going to do it. How is the response to your product, if you can tell me briefly? It is uh, tentative in North America. We have about 200 mares in the bluegrass. Um, I've been driving around this evening checking that everything is okay, and you can see the blue lights on, so I'm delighted with that. It was particularly well-received down in Australia and New Zealand when we launched in June because they just love keeping their horses outside. It makes sense to them. They like to work like that and I think it just takes time for people to see that something works and then realize that there are benefits both for their pocket and for the health of the animal if it's outside and well, I think thank that you. thank you so much for uh, you know, what you've contributed uh, to the thoroughbred breed obviously everything you, you totally makes perfect sense again I would uh, tell our listeners if they want to learn more particularly if they're horsemen E-Q-U-I-L-U-M-E limited they can find it on the internet and uh, hats off to you, Dr. Barbara Murphy. Thank you for being with us on Winning Ponies. Thank you very much, John. It was a pleasure. All right. Coming up next, another John. It's John G. Dooley from way down yonder in New Orleans. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a man that is familiar to many of you, when you tune in to uh, get your picks of the day at the at the fairgrounds and then listen to some of the best calls in North America, you are seeing and listening to John G. Dooley. He's a graduate of St. John's University. University uh, Started out uh, with the Naira Press office, and then uh, I got to know him when he moved over to Ohio. He was the announcer uh, for about five years uh, up, at, uh, up at Thistledown. Uh, he also was the assistant announcer and worked in simulcasting at Naira. They moved, he moved out west to Lone Star, and now you know him as uh, the uh, king of Chicago racing, as the <laughs> caller at Arlington, and this guy's got the best gig in the world. He's, he's in Chicago in the summer and fairgrounds in the winter. Ladies and gentlemen, a man that I look up to very much in <laughs> racing, John G. Dooley. John, how you doing? John, great to join you on uh, Winning Ponies from one of the great American cities, New Orleans, Louisiana. It is great to be down here for the winter. And, of course, really looking forward to uh, this weekend, too. You know, you and I go back to Best of Ohio, and here we are tonight having a chance to talk about uh, Louisiana Champions Day on Saturday. Well, we, we do. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but I was once the PR guy at the fairgrounds. It was back yes, when I, uh, I do know that. the Roussels owned it at the time. Uh, very interesting years, and it was kind of like going to college because you know when you go to college, you make friends and, and they're your friends for life. It was the same way. I was only there for a season, but I have lifelong friends because the people down there are just so genuine and welcoming um, that they they don't leave your life. They're 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 just fantastic people, and I got to guess you feel the same way. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, tonight I actually had uh, spaghetti and meatballs from an Italian spot that I've been going to for 10 years. My first year was 2004. It's called Venetia. It's right on the corner of uh, Carrollton and Canal. And I have my own little spot there. In fact, I bought the, a Louisiana Derby wind photo, one, a big wind photo of Pyro, one of my favorite horses from down here. It adorns the corner. So uh, unofficially, of course, uh, Pyro Corner at the Venetia Restaurant. So if you're ever down uh, in New Orleans way, uh, hopefully your listeners will uh, come and uh, check it out. And uh, pretty much every Thursday, I'm in uh, I'm in Pyro Corner, that little spot. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, you, you'll start to have the fans showing up. Well, John, I know when when I was down there, quite frankly, I never had more friends come visit me than I was at any other place in the United States. Uh, did, did, did you get a lot of your friends from Chicago coming down and try to get a taste of New Orleans? Oh, absolutely. I mean, whether it's the you know, whether it's the char-grilled oysters from Drago's or the good Italian food or, you know, the great uh, hamburgers they have down here, too, just to walk, you know, and even just the great shopping. I mean, to go walk down, you know, uh, Royal Street, you know, the French Quarter, you know, uh, only a block or two from uh, Bourbon Street and uh, all of its bars and restaurants, but uh, Royal Street is a great spot, you know, just uh, the antique stores to walk around on. Some of the dark days, I love just taking the, the trolley down there and, uh, I live up near City Park, another beautiful spot, but you see the oh, yeah. tourists riding the trolleys, the St. You know, Charles trolley line, too, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's uh, just it's bike-friendly. It's, uh, you know, just the antiques and history, and, of course, uh, but there's also uh, Bourbon Street and uh, great horse racing, too, at the, the historic fairground. Well, you know, I guess uh, some people call it the, the city that care forgot, but I, I believe that it's, <laughs> it's America's most European city. Uh, in the look and the feel of it when you're downtown. Yeah, I guess so. You know, going back, Louisiana Purchase and all the French influence and French and French Creole and uh, so many different influences when you walk through the French Quarter and even in the food. I mean, I just uh, love watching. You know, this year, I love some of the food shows, you know, like, uh, like Top Chef, and this season was actually filmed down here. So, you know, and it seems like year in and year out, you'll, you can talk to a trainer, talk to an owner, and, uh, you know, whether it's Tom Amos, uh, you know, and he'll say, oh, have you, ever, have you ever been here? Or, you know, trainer Dallas Stewart or, you know, trainer Richie Shearer, they'll say, well, have you tried this place? Have you tried Bandina's, uh, the favorite of Bob Fortas? Uh, oh, yeah. A uh, member of our uh, uh, Fairgrounds uh, Hall of Fame up in the press box. Bob always talks about Bandina's. He likes Vinicius, too. So it's just kind of fun. Tom Amos, he likes a corner restaurant uh, called Clancy's, a neighborhood uh, bar restaurant. Had, uh, had dinner there a couple of uh, nights ago. So if any uh, owners... Uh, tuning into winning, uh, winning ponies if they want to go to Clancy's. It's a favorite of Tom Amos's. But it seems like everyone has their favorite spot, and you can come down here year in and year out, and you'll find about a different place, and you want to go check it out. And, of course, Cafe Du Monde for great beignets. I and mean, how can you miss out on that, too? Well, I don't want to turn this into a cooking show, but I have to say one more thing. I lived out <laughs> in Metairie, and there's a place called Bozo's that, in my opinion, yeah. was one of the best. The great thing Office, is everybody can be, Office, every place yeah. has the best gumbo in their opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, La Usa's by the track. You know, not too far from Fairgrounds. I, I love their uh, their seafood gumbo and uh, and shrimp po' boy uh, combination. Great spot for lunch. A lot of trainers. You can always bump into a horseman there. In fact, there's another place uh, not too far from the track, right outside the quarter pole called Santa Fe. Always see Larry Jones and his wife uh, uh, Cindy in there too after the races. So you'll always bump into a horseman, and you can talk about uh, great racing and uh, even Champions Day if you come on down. Well, uh, John, you know, when I was there, it was still the old grandstand. Uh, the place had so much history. I was blessed to put the flowers on uh, Black Gold's grave when they ran the Black Gold Handicap one year. 
Um, how's the feel of the track now that it's kind of moved into the modern age? Uh, you know, you've got, uh, you know, casinos down in the area. Uh, have, have they been able to maintain that, that, that homey feel that uh, the fairgrounds always had? You know, John, uh, it's such a great question. I was here um, uh, before the slots, uh, before Katrina struck. Uh, that was actually my second season here. And, you know, and just, you know, kudos to Churchill Downs. I mean, they, they put the time and money and effort into rebuilding uh, the fairgrounds and being a part of the community uh, here after uh, Hurricane Katrina. And, uh, you know, I, I think they didn't lose the charm of the track. When they built the, when they built the slots, it, uh, it's in a location almost what used to be the old racing office. So the paddock itself, um, you know, it still has that, that charm to it. And, uh, you know, the grandstand, I mean, it's designed. We run this starlight racing. In fact, the December 20th, we'll be racing under the lights here. So I mean, Churchill, of course, does the same. They pull uh, big crowds for their, for their night racing program. It's very popular with the entertainment, too. So is it here. I mean, New Orleans loves a party and a chance to enjoy horse racing and, uh, and entertainment. So I think uh, fans here, they've embraced the starlight racing, but the, the track itself hasn't lost its character, which is what I love, you know. And, um, and then the slots, you know, if that's the way, you know, if uh, people want to go uh, play some of those machines, I mean, the slots producing winners daily here until midnight. So our slots are open daily until midnight. And, uh, you know, those people that want to go play the machines, you know, they can go do that and hopefully uh, – you know, uh, take home some money, too, but hopefully they've made some money uh, during the races during the day. But uh, as a matter of fact, this Saturday, uh, some fans that have been down here over the years, they've been known as the Oyster Bar. Right by the paddock, it's, it's been known as the Oyster Bar. Last year was the Paddock uh, Bar. Well, this year, there. Uh, redone. well this, year, uh, this year they've completely um, redone it, and I think uh, uh, it's been renamed, actually. I think it's unveiling. It's actually going to be on Saturday. How fitting. It's now going to be the uh, Star Guitar Bar. So I think uh, Mrs. Benoit, yes. of course, uh, Evelyn Benoit, Bridland Stable, and uh, work together with the fairgrounds, and they have a lot of uh, star guitar photos. So an absolute beloved, beloved champion uh, is, is going to have a place uh, at the fairgrounds uh, named after him. So I was walking out tonight. They're putting the finishing touches on it. Big unveiling coming on Saturday, a ribbon-cutting ceremony on December 20th for Starlight Racing. So, uh, you know, as one of Star Guitar's biggest fans, it's exciting to see uh, a spot of the track named for him. Well, for anyone that's uh, listened to this show for the past two seasons, they know that pretty much when I went to the uh, Louisiana State Bread programs, we were always looking for the horses that would finish behind Star Cigar Guitar because <laughs> he was the cigar of uh, of Louisiana. He was just unbelievable. And I do believe he did retire uh, sound, and he's a stallion now, right? Yeah, so uh, that then that was the you know Miss Benoit decided to uh, you know take good uh, take good care post racing of uh, Star Guitar after his you know career on the track was over and of course a lot of us were sad but you know now uh, she uh, campaigned Sunbeam and uh, uh, trained by Ron Fauché who'll go in the uh, Louisiana Champions Day Classic so looking forward to uh, seeing uh, Sunbeam uh, maybe uh, you know take uh, take uh, the torch from Star Guitar I mean certainly you know big giant. Uh, you know, shoes, hopes to fill for uh, Sunbeam, but um, he's off to a promising uh, start with his, uh, you know, with his career going going forward into his, uh, you know, uh, at the end of this year, it'll be his four-year-old campaign. So a lot of intrigue, a lot of drama here on the Champions Day, and, you know, uh, we're all looking forward to it. You know, January here has Roads of the Derby kickoff day. February is our Louisiana Derby preview day. March, closing weekend, Louisiana Derby Day. But, uh, you know, this Saturday, uh, December, Louisiana Champions Day, always one that I mark on the calendar. Uh, a lot of racing action, quarter horses wise, three stakes at the top of the program. 
thoroughbreds the rest of the way. But it's uh, it's action packed usually from uh, from beginning to end. Well, all I can say is there's a lot of trainers and owners that took a deep breath. They found out the day that Star Guitar was going to be retired <laughs> because they're going to have a chance in whatever division they're going to be in on uh, Louisiana Championship Day. I'll tell you what, John, we're going to take a uh, quick break here, and I want to get back. I don't know how many races we'll get through or if you've got some favorite races uh, that you're going to be calling here on Saturday on Championship Day. Um, so I'll, I'll, we'll be dance partners. I'll let you lead. You tell me which races you want to look at. We'll look at it. We'll handicap them. We're going to take a little bit of a break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports Voice America Sports You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. If I had a million dollars. Okay, well, we're back here on Winning Ponies, and we're, we're with John G. Dooley. John, I pulled up a, a, a couple of the, the races uh, that uh, you're going to be calling and probably handicapping earlier in the day. Uh, we got the championship ladies. We got the, uh, the, the, the handicap, uh, looking at the, 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 the sprint, uh, the juvenile, uh, the, the uh, Champions Day Classic. Uh, which one of these would you like to address? Well, I think, uh, you know, I'd really like the, especially the, uh, I mean, there's so many wide open races. And actually, you know, I should point out too, um, you know, if the weather, uh, weather forecast holds true, there is a 70% chance of rain here on Saturday. So Ooh. didn't like to hear that it's at 70%, but of course that it could affect the, you know, a race like the fifth race of our 13, the Champions Day turf, a race which there's not a lot of pace. Uh, I've been, uh, I've been backing Sadie Soldier 
for quite some time now, and uh, Sadie Soldier, a horse that likes to, uh, you know, come from uh, come from well off the pace, and there doesn't look to be much of it in the Champion State Turf. Talking about the uh, race number five, but you look down this horse's past performance line, and I mean, this horse has faced the likes of String King, who absolutely uh, is almost like the uh, star guitar of uh, Louisiana breads on a turf. I mean, he's turned into just a turf monster for his great story is his breeder, owner, trainer, Charlie Smith, who's been campaigning String King, who this year goes in the uh, Champions Day Classic. So there's been a lot of talk about that, a lot of buzz about that. Charlie taking a chance this year with String King to try kind of a new frontier and try him on uh, the main track, uh, going a mile and an eighth facing Sunbeam and others. But you go down Sadie Soldier's past performance line. Uh, again, he's entered in the fifth race of the Champions Day Turf. Uh, he's, he, Sadie Soldiers faced the likes of uh, uh, this horse, uh, uh, String King and Sunbeam. So now I think it's a lighter field for him on the turf. But uh, I, you know, where, where's the pace? And if it rains and if the turf comes up uh, more good to yielding to soft, you just wonder uh, how that race is going to take shape. So it's definitely a race. I think it's going to be a very uh, tactical jockey's race in uh, race number five on Saturday. Now race number ten, uh, which is the. Uh Louisiana Champions Day Classic. That's a mile and eighth, and that is on the main track, and that's where we're going to uh, get a chance to take a look at, at, at Sunbeam, who you've alluded to. Uh, he's he's only a three year old, but he's closing in on, on three hundred thousand. Um, he uh, looks like that that Gold Cup at Delta Downs set him up very good for for this race. And uh, the other horse in there, I think that's probably got a pretty good reputation down in Louisiana as the five year old populist politics who had a long layoff but, but put in a pretty decent run in, in the gold cup against sunbeam how do you see these two matching up yeah i mean populist politics one of those horses i think you know over over the seasons you know glad that there's no more a star guitar you know in, in the midst but uh, strinking again you know he's been charlie smith's bread and butter horse on the turf against the state reds uh, over these uh, over the seasons and especially on uh, these big race days down down here in louisiana but Sunbeam, you know, John, when he when he uh, was on debut here, and he just missed, um, you know, uh, you know, on on uh, on debut, and he comes back and he just reels off, you know, the win after win after win at the fairgrounds. I mean, he loves this track, and uh, again, same connections that campaign the Star Guitar, but now uh, Ron Fauché training uh, this three-year-old. For, oh, really? Uh, I didn't Benoit. know they were the same connections. Yeah, I mean, so the same uh, uh, Evelyn Benoit's Brooklyn stable, the same uh, the same owner that uh, raced uh, Star Guitar has Sunbeam. Of course, the Star Guitar was trained and uh, campaigned by Al Stahl, Jr., a member of uh, our Fairgrounds Hall of Fame. Ron Fauché uh, trains uh, this three-year-old now, and uh, Richard Aramia, one of our top jockeys uh, on board. And uh, Richard does a lot of the riding down here for Ron, uh, reference uh, Gantry and the Thanksgiving Handicap. Uh, Gantry, of course, um, uh, beat, uh, beating that field, uh, Delaunay, uh, they've had a great matchup here in Thanksgiving handicaps past, but the Delaunay spiked the temperature, uh, just the days before the race. Uh, Tom Amos uh, scratched him, uh, of course, uh, erring on the side of caution, uh, given that, uh, te- uh, I think it was 103 degree temperature. Maggie Moss loves New Orleans, would have loved to see Delaunay run the Thanksgiving handicap, but Given that the spike in temperature, uh, Delaunay obviously was scratched and Gantry won, but it was a combination of Ron Fauché, for Britland Stable, again, uh, not only owners of Star Guitar, but Sunbeam as well. And Richard Aramia gets the bulk of uh, Ron Fauché's uh, prime ride. So I think a horse has just run well over the track here. And uh, I, I'm just really looking forward uh, to seeing Sunbeam uh, back here in New Orleans, a, a track that he absolutely loves, as does his owner, trainer, and jockey. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Ron Fauché, 
uh, for our listeners, is batting 37% down there at the fairgrounds. What trainer wouldn't like to have that stat behind his name? Yeah, and uh, the fact that I mean, with uh, and, and and I, you know, especially from a handicapping perspective, you know how well Sunbeam has run over this track. But Populous Politics, he has a good record here, you know, too. And uh, you know, there's a uh, you know, Populous Politics has a couple of years on uh, Sunbeam, but I think it's going to be a you know a great race. But of course, uh, also looking forward to uh, Honor Star Guitar with a with a, not on the not on the track this year, but uh, a new little a new little spot uh, in the grandstand uh, named in his honor too. Well, um, let's move on to one of your other big races, $100,000, uh, if you had a chance to take a look at it. It's the Louisiana Championship Day Ladies, 100000 going a mile on the 16th, uh, three and up. And it looks like your, uh, your uh, morning line handicapper there uh, took a look at this littleness protocol. And, boy, there's not many dances. She doesn't like to dance. 11 of her last 12 races have been in Stakes races, uh, you know, she looks like she, she can stalk the speed, and it looks like that speed's going to be breaking from the gate just outside her in uh, Mischievous Mama. Yeah, and actually going down uh, my past performances, too, I think you were spot on, at least as far as the horse that I like, too. I put a little asterisk right next to, uh, you know, Little Miss Protocol, a horse that, uh, although, you know, she's, she's, she's winless at the fairgrounds, but you go back to the ladies uh, last season, and, uh, you know, was, was second over the track. But I think, I mean, she's, she's been right there. You know, she's, she is a stakes winner in, in her own right. And uh, this jockey, Diego Sines, uh, he kind of comes uh, down here to fairgrounds uh, more, more for a reason than the season, as I, I, as I so often like to say. A uh, horse that doesn't really make his, uh, set his tack up here day in and day out, talking about the rider of uh, Little Miss Protocol in the eighth race for ladies. But, you know, a very capable rider, and he's riding a horse, um, you know, riding a few horses on the Champions Day card that uh, you know that I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing him on, including this horse. So there's a horse called uh, Koto Ridge that was very impressive. Uh, Koto Ridge is running in the ninth race, the Champions Day Juvenile, and uh, this year when Koto Ridge uh, uh, won uh, last time out uh, for trainer Pat Devereaux Jr. A lot of talk about this horse, and uh, really looking forward to seeing uh, him take uh, perhaps this uh, next step up in the Juvenile. It's uh, it's the eight horse in the ninth race. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that that you took me there. Uh, I was going to kind of ask about that. Uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd be cool. Uh, three for three, all at Delta Downs. Uh, looks like a gamer. He was headed in his last race to Louisiana Legacy and, uh, you know, came back and got up by a head. But it looks like uh, two horses that are going to break next to each other, that Katu uh, Rouge and Dixie Beat. I'm, I'm guessing that was kind of the prep for this race. Am I right, John? Absolutely, and there was a lot of talk about uh, last time out with uh, Koto Rouge going for Pat Devereaux Jr. A lot of buzz about this horse off that maiden win uh, at uh, uh, Delta Downs. And, of course, uh, you know, tighter oval uh, Delta Downs in uh, Vinton. But this horse made this move basically from three furlongs uh, to the wire on the far turn. Uh, just Koto Rouge, the way he quickened, just kind of uh, just swept past rivals. Uh, this wide-sweeping move. Uh, you know, took command and, uh, you know, just, just edged away, you know, in the final, in the final furlong down to the final 16th under Diego Sainz. Did it nicely. But as you mentioned, you know, I'd be cool. Undefeated three for three. Has speed getting a, you know, getting a big test in the Champions Day Juvenile, the ninth race of our 13 on Saturday. And then outside of Coach Rouge's Dixie beat. And uh, again, Brett Calhoun off to a great start of this meet. He's right there at the top of the trainer standings. And of course, you have the all-star Rosie Novrovnik 
you know, who uh, just, uh, you know, has won the titles back-to-back here at the fairgrounds. She's off to a great start, too. So is uh, James Ram. But uh, it looks like uh, it looks like the three of them in the uh, Champions Day at Juvenile. But I'm really looking forward to seeing Coach Rouge back in action and getting a big uh, stakes test on Saturday. Well, uh, John, it's, it's going to be a huge day. I'm guessing you're going to have, uh, you, you know, cross races. Uh, you've got uh, the... Uh, Different. Uh, I'm guessing pick threes, pick fours. I see, see that you have a 50 cent black gold five. <laughs> um, so yeah. it, it should be an exciting day for for our listeners to to be uh, uh, tuning in uh, down to you down down at the fairgrounds. Well, we have a special 12:30 Central post on Saturday. Three quarter horse stakes. Martha Clausen, a great uh, great friend. Looking forward to seeing Martha. Uh, horse racing aces out here. They'll handicap along with our Brian Spencer, the quarter horse takes to the top of the card, and the rest of the way thoroughbreds. Really looking forward to it. Sitting at the bar. She's a very talented horse. She goes in the ladies' sprint. Uh, state champion in her own right, and uh, Spring King, and uh, Sunbeam, and the rest. And John, since we go back to the best of Ohio days, glad I had a chance to talk about the Louisiana Champions Day on Saturday with you on uh, Winning Pony. Uh, thank you very much. We've been listening to John G. Dooley. I want to thank him so much for spending time with us. Also, Dr. Barbara Murphy. You're listening to Winning Ponies. I'm John Engelhart. Remember, if you take a loved one to the races, practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.